Well, you can look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 tonight. We started this series called Transformed into His Image. And we're going to continue that this evening. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. We're going to read this in several versions. It says, Now the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Not bondage, liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If anything tries to get you into bondage, you know that's not the Spirit of the Lord. That's not God. Anything that would try to bind you, control you, that's not God. God is not the controller. God gave man a free will. Now, God has a way of living that will set you free, that will be uh, the life of abundance, but he doesn't force you to do it. And if he won't force you to believe on Jesus, he's not going to force you to do anything. So anytime you sense a spirit of bondage and something trying to control you, you know you that's not God. Now, God will help you. He'll correct you. End of the day is up to us. And so if God's like that, we ought to be like that uh, as his children. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're being transformed into the same image, to His image. The NIV says, And we all who with unveiled face uh, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image, Christ's image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. In the Amplified, And we all with unveiled face continually seeking as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord. So we're progressively being transformed. That means it's happening little by little. You know, you, know, you that have children, if you have children... And uh, you, they're growing all the time when they're little. You know, eventually they're not maybe growing height-wise, but they're changing. But as they're, they're little and they're growing up, as they're children, they're continually changing. You know, when you look at a newborn, they change really rapidly. You know, and then, of course, it, it slows down a little bit, but it's happening. But, you know, if you live with them every day and you see them every day, you usually don't get, you know, see him in the morning and at night go, wow, you really changed today. But even if you went away for a week and you came back, sometimes you can see it. And if you're gone for months or, you know, you have a grandparent or some friend that hasn't seen him and they come and see him three, six months later, they say, wow, you, you've changed. But you're, you're with them every day. You don't see it to that degree. It's, it's, it's happening it's got to happen sometime, right? It's, it's literally happening right now. Like, you know, some children here, they're, they're changing. It's just at the cell level, and you don't see it happening, but you can see the results of it over days, and it's but it's progressive, right? Well, that's the way we're changing. So don't get upset, you know, that your family member didn't just, what? I thought we talked about this yesterday. Why aren't you over here? Your trick supposed to be transformed like they want magic trick transform over here. Well, we're transformed. That's not a bad confession. We, it just, you are, I am, we're being transformed 
from glory to glory, but it's a process. It's happening. If you're yielding to God, if you're doing what he's telling you to do, you are changing as you keep your eye on the word, as you do what he's told you to do. You're, you're growing. And then, same thing as with children. You can look back over a year and go, wow, I'm different. I'm, I'm changing. Remember where we were last? Remember how that thing was pushing on us? I'm in a different place. You know, and if your spouse says that, you know you're really changing. If they say, wow, you are, you are different. If your mom or dad says, wow, you're different, that's awesome. And it doesn't have to take a year. I'm not saying that. And sometimes you go by leaps and bounds at times. But we just need to know it's a process. You need to know that for yourself it's a process. Okay, because Satan will try to get in. Why aren't you? See, if he can't stop you from getting on it and moving and try to, you know, you're moving. Well, now he's trying to get you to back off it because, well, you're not moving fast enough. It's not happening. What, what are you doing? And trying to get you discouraged to where, you know, you, you just back off it completely. So, so just know that it's a process. One more, the message says it. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. Gradually, brighter, more beautiful. I like the way it says that. As a Christian, our lives should get better and better. With our walk with him, and sure, different things happen, you know, age and things, but there's things that go with that that we can we can just get stronger. We, we talk, touch on some of these things. But see, the world glorifies youth. You just be at this certain thing and you have it. That's, that, there's just a pinnacle, and then it's downhill from there. It's a lie. It's not true. We'll say more about that. <clears throat> Galatians 4.19 it says, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. In the message it says, do you know how I feel right now and will feel until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives? Like a mother in the pain of childbirth. Christ's life is becoming visible. So we're not talking about just church creed or doctrine or like, well, I believe this in the Bible, but we don't actually ever see it in real life. What, what, what good is that? Okay? No, we want, we want to see it. Well, what does that mean? It's going to actually be taking root in our lives. And so that's what we're talking about. That's a process, and there's, there's a multi-facet, multiple facets to that. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 11. Read this verse, and then we're going to go get into some things specifically tonight <clears throat> it says he gave himself he himself gave uh, some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, excuse me, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things 
who, into him who is the head, Christ. So verse 13 says, so he's given um, these gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, or that means to a mature man. Um, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so becoming more like Jesus. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. So we saw this last week, talking about a mature man, talking about being mature. Here it's talking about not being a child, tossed to and fro, and then it says to grow up. So there is a growth process. That transformation we're talking about is actually, we're talking about growing up spiritually. Just like we grow up naturally, just like we were talking about the children growing up and us maturing physically and mentally, emotionally, there is a spiritual growth uh, process. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ. So as you grow in every way more like Christ, that is spiritual growth. So you could be very mature physically, could have, you know, mature body and healthy body and strong body and be completely either spiritually dead or be a baby spiritually. You could be a giant mentally, have multiple degrees, be world-renowned in, in a certain area, but be a complete baby or not even be born again spiritually. And so there, people, a lot of people, Christians included, they focus on the body and the mind, developing the body and the mind at the expense of the spirit. If you were to see them, maybe on the outside, like I said, they could just be, you know, a hulk physically, or they could be a giant mentally. But if you were to see them in the spiritual realm, they, they would be a baby or very weak and frail. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. That's what we want to be. <laughs> because for one thing, if you are that, the other stuff will follow. That doesn't mean, you know, you're going to be Mr. America or, you know, Mr. Universe or anything on the outside necessarily unless you put the work in. But you will be healthy. If, if you are truly mature spiritually, your body's going to be healthy. Your mind's going to be healthy. But it's not the other way around. If You could be healthy physically, but if you're not healthy spiritually, um, there's people that look really healthy physically and then... They drop over dead. And, and people go, how? I mean, they, they look like they were the picture of health. Could be really sharp mentally, but same thing. Or, uh, you know, could be very frail physically. But it, it doesn't follow. There are people that are very, they're giants intellectually, but they're really weak outside. I mean, there are memes about that, right? I mean, you know, little scrawny person, super smart, but... Physically, no. So it doesn't follow the other ways around. Then, you know, the dumb jock, people, you know, caricature of somebody that's really big and, and bulky but meathead, right? So it doesn't go. But if you're spiritually mature, you are. It doesn't mean you're going to be the, the absolute brightest in the, the whole world or the, the best physique. But you are going to be healthy those way, in those ways. But there is... Uh, there is that process in growing up. Let's look at uh, Hebrews 5, verse 12. 
Hebrews 5, verse 12. It says, For though this by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age, or we could say grown up or mature. You see there's a babe, somebody full age, somebody, you could say an adult. That is who by the reason by reason of use, have, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So you see, he's talking about you ought to be, let's go back to verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. So there's some time period that's passed, and they've obviously been exposed to some things, and he's saying you ought to be a teacher by now. In other words, you ought to mature to where you can teach others. And we can all teach something. Not everybody's called to a five-fold ministry gift of teaching. But you can always teach what you know to a degree. You know, you can share your testimony. You can teach some truths that are working in your life. It says you need, to, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and solid food. So they're going backwards. It says they've come to need milk, not solid food. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the, the word of righteousness for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. So real food. When I see solid food, you know, that could mean anything, but I think steak, something solid. That is those who, <coughs> excuse me, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So being able to discern what is good and what is evil. So we should give attention to what is good and what is truth. And we should shun what is evil, what is made up of lies. But you've got to be able to discern between the two. Because you want to go after the truth. The truth is what's going to make you free. The truth is what's going to grow you up. The truth is the word of God. You want to stay away from anything that is not the truth, that is lies. So whatever you feed is going to grow. We know this naturally, right? You know, if, uh, what, do you, what do you feed and exercise is going to grow. If, if you were a weightlifter and all you did is do bicep curls on your right arm, you're going to have a huge, eventually, right bicep, but, you know, you're just going to look like you got a bee sting or something here. It's just going to look off, right? Because nothing, your, your left arm is scrawny, your legs are scrawny, your chest isn't developed. You're, nothing is, is dull, but you got this huge bicep. It's just like, you know. And people do that, you know, with their biceps or their upper body, and then it's a joke, right? You know, somebody, they, they work on their upper body, but then their legs are scrawny, vice versa. You know, you see soccer players. They got, can have huge developed legs. I mean, usually they're, they're world-class athletes if they're pros, so they're not, they're not bad physical on the, the, the top, but their, their legs are definitely a lot more developed. Why? Because they use them all the time. They run miles. They, do, do, they run miles in a game and do all this. Well, whatever we feed is going to grow. But whatever we starve is going to wither. 
So what do we want to focus on? The truth. We're go- if we feed our spirit, our, our spirit grows on spiritual things, on the truth, on, on the word of God, on the things of God. Your, your spirit's going to grow. But if you, so if you feed on that, you're going to grow. You want to starve the things of the flesh and things that are evil or things that are light. You don't want to ingest those things spiritually because then that's going to feed something else. And this is a principle. If something is giving you trouble in life, some area, starve it. Starve it. Don't, don't, don't give it a foothold. You know, Jesus said, if, you're, uh, if you're, your hand causes you to sin, you know, cut it off. He's not being literal. It's, it's, that is figurative. Not everything in the Bible is figurative or, or literal, but that, that's not literal. You know, his disciples weren't walking around maimed because they were following Jesus. But whatever you starve, then it's going to wither. Well, you need to know what is, what, which one's which. And not, some people are feeding themselves the wrong thing, and they don't even understand that they're feeding themselves the wrong thing. They don't even see the difference. Let's look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 6. It says, If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be good, a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. Verse 7, But reject profane and old wives' fables. And exercise yourself toward godliness. Look at verse 7. Reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. So it's saying reject something, exercise yourself toward something. Look at this in the Amplified, verse 7. But refuse and avoid irreverent legends profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales and silly myths, and express your disapproval of them, train yourself toward godliness, piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. In the ERV it says, people tell silly stories that don't agree with God's truth. Don't follow what these stories teach. But teach yourself to be devoted to God. So, you know, it starts out in the New King James, it was reject profane and, and old wives' fables. I like the way these other things talk about. Let's look at these real quick. Verse 7 in Amplified refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions. As we're reading this, what, would, what are some things that we would fall into this category in 2023? It takes many forms. Movies, books, TV. I'm going to go on just a second, but look at it. It says, irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales, silly myths. In the ERV, it says, don't let silly stories that don't agree with God's truth and don't follow what these stories teach. So there are, in, if we were to talk about it, 
in these things, we would say, you'd be saying, watch out for movies that are teaching you something that disagrees with God's word. Or a reel on social media. We say it's only, you know, 10 seconds long. It can tell a story. It gives an impression. Books, definitely. Video games. Now, are all these things evil in of themselves? No. We're saying, do they tell the truth? We have to watch out what we believe. Social media, I'll just say it this way, adult videos, we can refer to that as another word that starts with a P. To, you know, we have children in here. Uh, other things like that. Stuff like this, they are, they are presenting lies. They're presenting a depiction that is not real. And I'm not saying, you know, some of those things obviously fall in that category. But you could have a movie, for instance, that it's presenting something. It may even be a family, quote unquote, movie. Just because they put family on it, family oriented, uh, family friendly, does not mean it's Christian truth friendly. And so we got to know the difference. If we're watching something and ingesting something and looking at something, we got to have our senses exercised to, to discern between good and evil. And so if we're ingesting something and taking it as truth, then we're feeding the wrong part of us. We're, we're accepting something as, as real when in fact it's false. And that will skew the way you approach life. You can't overemphasize this for because, because people do not. Christians included, they do not understand that when you're watching something sometimes, these are actors. Now, everybody would say, of course they're actors. But people act like it's real. They're not, they're reading and memorizing a script that was written for them to tell a story. When you see the words based on a true story, that does not mean it's a true story. It means somebody heard of a true story and decided to make a movie. That's all. It, it, it's, it's just the inspiration. It means it was a starting point, and then you came up with some product that may bear almost zero resemblance to the real thing. This is not necessarily commonly understood by kids. Because if they look up, I mean, how many of you, you've watched a movie and then you go Google what really happened? And you're looking going, what? That, that last play was not like that. <laughs> that. That guy did, we were watching a movie recently. It's a good movie. And it's based on truth, something that really happened. And, I mean, it's, it's clean, it's good, uh, very dramatic, and we've seen it before. And this time we were just looking up some of the stuff that happened afterwards. And we were like, that family fell apart right after that. Yes. <laughs> they got that, but they got divorced. And their family was a wreck, and it's like everything happened. It was a happy ending. No, it wasn't. Very next year, yeah. it's all apart. These people 
that are playing those parts, they don't have the lives like what they're depicting. Somebody wrote that script. They're not the parents like, oh, wow, they just know how to handle every situation. No, it was written that way. <laughs> how did they come up with that on the spot? They didn't. They memorized the lines and they filmed it. How do they have that patience? They don't. They're an actor. Those aren't their kids. And they probably can't stand those kids in real life. They're like, get them off the set. Cut. All right, we're done. You can't overemphasize this because our society takes these things as real. <laughs> they take what you see on social media as truth. It is not truth. <laughs> well, yeah, they're really, that's what they look like. Sort of. On a good day. In the right lighting and angle. And they're not necessarily that nice all the time. And then you compare that to what you're living with. You can't, that's a, that's a lie. That's a deception. They're fantasies. And so if we go down that path, then you're going to be, you're going to be disillusioned. Well, growing up means you can tell the difference. Growing up means you don't listen, you don't let stuff that's a fable affect you. Growing up means you don't even give it attention. You don't, you don't hold it in high esteem. You, you, you hold those things lightly. Like, okay, yeah, this is a, okay, yeah, that was, that was a neat, story. But you don't try to take it and say, why don't you act like this person? Why isn't my life like that? Because nobody's life is like that. And so we need to be careful about what we, what we give uh, place to. Look at 2 Timothy 2 verse 20. And as we're talking about growing up spiritually, See, children will believe a lot more than adults, generally. Not always. Sometimes there's adults that will believe anything, too. Well, Christians, you could apply this spiritually with spiritual principles, quote-unquote spiritual principles, things that will quote the Bible or something. They'll just they'll accept anything. Well, whoa, this person said this, and they have a Bible verse with it. Ooh, it looks, sounds so good. Is it true? How do you know if it's true? It's got to actually agree, agree with the whole of Scripture, not somebody's Scripture with 15 bullet points after it. That's kind of like you're, you, have, you have an idea, and you're looking for Scripture to put with the idea rather than the Bible says this, and we're going to talk about what the Bible actually says. So we can't, we, as you grow up, we ought to be able to discern. We want the truth. In all areas, we have to feed ourselves with the truth, and so we can't, we, we, we've got to be able to push aside and shun and uh, starve our flesh of the, 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 anything that's deceitful or lies. Verse 20 says, "...been in a great house, there are not only vessels," uh, 2 Timothy 2.20, uh, "...of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor." There, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, 
he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and with these, uh, those who call on the Lord of a pure heart. It says flee youthful lusts. Put your attention on what's real. See, useful, that, youthful lust is not just necessarily sexual. Of course, that, that would be included in it. But things that, that, that somebody young would, would want, would, would go after, and especially uh, in, a, in a worldly sense. He says, flee those things. So esteeming earthly things lightly is a spiritual quality is a mature quality. It is youthful to esteem natural things and earthly things too heavily. A mature Christian esteems earthly things lightly and esteems spiritual things. Whereas people that are immature are going after, you know, the flashy, the things that, ooh, they have this type of a car. And, you know, you see it all the time on, on social media, and people think, it, my, my life would be complete if I could drive that $300,000 car. No, your life would be the same as it is now with a $300,000 car. It, it, really, it would be really cool to drive for a little bit, but it's not going to change your life. It's not, it's not the nuts and bolts of life. It, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a $300,000 car. It's just if we think that's gonna that's that's the meat that that's gonna be really cool or you know whatever I got certain jewelry or man if I could have this these clothes just not gonna change your life those things see that's that's a youthful that's a childish response and a lot of it comes from looking at the wrong stuff you look at thing, when we ingest things and see it in the world it's all over the world thinks it just be awesome to have all this stuff because it's it's people. Uh, look at images and listen to stuff all the time that, that portray that that would be awesome. And again, there's nothing wrong with these things in and of themselves, but a mature person will realize that thing's going to rust. Those clothes are going to be out of date. You know, that body is going to change as it grows older. Older. You, 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 you esteem the truth. You esteem spiritual things. You esteem what is, what, what is character. And you esteem the, ver the truly valuable things, which is people, which is the things of God. And if you put, uh, you know, something very flashy, like, you know, the car, the clothes, or what, again, nothing wrong with those, but you put that, and right beside it, put something that is... Uh, you know, a godly marriage, a godly family. You put those side by side with a spiritual person, they're going to say, I, I'll, I'll take a godly spouse over, you can pay me any amount of money. I'll take that family that's healthy and loves God over, you can give me one $1.3 million car. I don't care. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's discerning. That's growing up spiritually. And so when we feed on things that constantly elevate this other stuff, you're, you're going to want that stuff. But if you, start, if you starve that, we're not talking about having no fun. No. You can have fun, have it in a godly way, because that's so much more fun. 
You starve that, but now you start giving yourself to, to spiritual things, to the Word of God. This, the, the hunger will grow for that. And these other things that we used to esteem as we grow up will be like, eh, eh. A, a spiritual child is e easily impressed with natural things, with flashy things. A, a mature person is not. They're, they're, not, they're not impressed with, with worldly things, with earthly things. You know what they are. They're earthly. They're going to rust. They're going to burn up. A child spiritually can't discern between what is worldly and what is truly valuable. A child cannot, a spiritual child cannot discern between the two. When you see somebody that's immature spiritually, they'll be, go, they, they, they'll be easily impressed with things that are earthly. A mature person, not so much. They'll pick the, the thing that's, that's uh, more spiritual. I, uh, one of my kids sent me a reel. You maybe have you seen it. That, that really illustrates this. I, it's probably the dad with a young boy. The boy's got to be single digits. I don't know exactly how old he was. But he's sitting at a table, and the dad set, puts in front of the kid and says, here's $10,000 cash. Puts it, I mean, he's got like $100 bills stacked. This is a little kid. He said, $10,000 cash or two Oreo cookies. Which one do you want? Which one do you think the kid chose? You would think. You would hope, but no. Court, he took the Oreo cookies. And everybody that is like, you know, with any kind of financial responsibility is like, ah! Of course, I mean, it's probably his dad giving it to him, but then he has the money anyway because it's his dad. But that illustrates so many points, especially in our, in our just think about it, and a lot of the comments went this way immediately. We let them choose their gender. They, they are not capable of choosing hardly anything. They are going to make stupid decisions. Well, that's the way it is spiritually. You, you see, as we grow, you would see spiritual, if somebody is not spiritually mature, they'll, make, they'll be, ooh, ooh, and go over here with something, and mature, a mature spiritual person will say, what, 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 what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Same reason the kid chose the Oreos. Immaturity. Not, not understanding. Not, in, in that case, it's, it's mental maturity in the kids, you know, emotional, mental. In the other case, it's spiritual maturity. Because when you, you know some things and know some things from the Word of God, you'll say, that's not really worth that. This, on the other hand, is really worth You're going to choose this over this? Are you nuts? No, you're immature. You don't see it. But as we grow spiritually, then we start to esteem things the way they ought to be esteemed. We esteem spiritual things, the things of God. You see something that is honoring God, and you say, now that's, that's valuable. That's, that's truly valuable. Whereas things that are uh, flashy, you say, ah, oh, that'll be gone tomorrow. It's not worth the time. So the Word of God is our source. The Word of God is our truth. The Word of God is what we want to feed on. We want to, glow, we want to 
feed ourselves with the things of God and we will be strong then, strong to, uh, to deal with the, the spiritual thing. Just in closing, I'm going to read this because this goes with this and then we'll, we'll close, but I, I don't want to give you this scripture because it illustrates what we are talking about. Hebrews 11, verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, what does that mean? When he's mature, when he grew up, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he looked to the reward. Moses was born in Pharaoh's house. If you were to talk about that today, what it would look like, he is rich, he has everything that everybody wants, and it's right in front of him, and he said no, and he chose to identify with the people of God, and, and because that was more important, and when we look at it in our terms, people would say, what, you gave up all that? See, he's esteeming something more important. That is a spiritual thing. Notice it said when he was of full age, when he was mature. And so as we discern between these, we look at something, we discern, nope, that's evil. Nope, that's good. No, that's worth something. No, that's worthless. That's a mark of maturity. That's a mark of stability because you're not tossed to and fro. You're not pulled by the latest flashy thing. You're saying, been, that, been there, done that, seen that, that was 20 years ago. Oh, saw that. No, now this, this is really valuable. And see, that's a mark of maturity and stability as you move forward in life. Yeah. And God will keep that part of being transformed into the image of Jesus. Amen.